KXRN LP. Laguna Niguel, Laguna Beach. Member supported. KXFM on 104.7. KXFMRadio.org. This disclaimer is a statement notifying listening audiences that any opinions expressed on our shows are not representative of Laguna Radio Inc., its management, or its board of directors. Hello, this is Craig at KXFM 104.7 Human Crafted Radio. I'm here every Saturday at 9 a.m. with Rainbow Radio, where we discuss the latest news on LGBTQ interests and discuss on this day in history. Every week I have a special guest and we have interviews. Views again, Rainbow Radio, Craig, every Saturday. This is Craig and Rainbow Radio at KXFM 104.7, and it's a beautiful day in Laguna Beach. Uh, the weather report, as so many people want to know right off the bat here, a lovely day. I'm so happy to be here. It was, it's been a busy, busy week for me. I'm not sure if everyone had that same experience and so much going on in the world, and uh, that's just kind of smacks in your face. Uh, you know, I have the weather report, but this is not right. It says it's 45 degrees. Oh, that's the low. Sorry. Um, clear skies, low around 45, winds northeast, 15 to 50 miles to 15 miles an hour. So the high is going to be about 68 degrees today. Usually that means it's 70. So here we are in Laguna Beach. And during the week, let's get the rest of the weather out there. It's going to be 70 up to... 72 on Wednesday, sun, sunny most of the week, uh, Wednesday, Thursday, partly cloudy, but uh, tomorrow, partly cloudy as well, 1% chance of rain. So that means it's going to burn right off. It's going to be sunny. Um, you know, whenever they say partly cloudy, it's mostly sunny. So uh, I, I like it when it says an abundance of Abundance of sunshine, but that, that doesn't say that for today. It says clear skies, low around 45, winds northeast 5 to 10 miles an hour. How about that? So I hope everyone had a great week. Uh, I know I was busy with board meetings and lots of goings on for Laguna Beach Pride. We planned our calendar. We call, we're calling it the Summer of Pride. Uh, so 
That should be fun, huh? <laughs> and if you missed, uh, if you missed the, um, was it just a week ago? I guess it was. Yeah, if you missed the beach bonfire, boy, we had a wonderful crowd of about 75 people watched the sunset. And we had kids and dogs and all straights and narrows and I don't know if we had any narrows, but we had <laughs> we had every every orientation there, which was wonderful, which is what it's all about. It's inclusivity and diversity all wrapped into one fun time there at Laguna at uh, Aliso Beach. And um, so we, we, it was such a success. We thought, well, we'll put it on the calendar uh, again and uh, make it be soon. So we did because um, we do it like two or three times a year. So we put it in May. Already people are signing up or RSVPing that, yeah, we'll be there in May. We had so much fun. And again, it's free and it's just everyone gets together on the beach and, you know, there's no masks. It's outdoors. It's, it's uh, you know, conversation and a warm, a warm, warm attitude. Uh, it's a lot. And it's like I, I saw hmm, how many out of the 75 throughout the evening. We probably had 75. I know at one point we counted like 55 people at one time and and for the four hours from 5 to 10 p.m it, it kind of rotated which was really nice and so uh, i did what i'm trying to say here get to the point craig <laughs> that there was uh, many people i had never met before which i find very uh um i, I likeable i liked i like to meet new people so there were a lot of people and a lot of people uh expressed some well, some people express some interest in volunteering for the upcoming events this summer, and we do have a lot of events. And so if you are interested in volunteering, uh, one way to do that for the Pride, for Laguna Beach Pride 365, which is a year-round um, organization, is to go to lagunabeachpride.org. And there's a tab at the top there that says volunteers. How about that? That's really easy. I want to thank our sponsors. Chris Tibbet and Mike Johnson again. And I want to especially uh, thank Chris because he did put out there a fundraiser for Laguna Pride because at this point of this time of year, we like to try and get a little, uh, some, a little seed money because we put so many events on and it's important to be able to afford them and uh, they pay for themselves, but you need money to get started with them. So that's where we're at. And uh, it was really nice of him to do that for his birthday fundraiser on Facebook. We appreciate that, Chris. Um, Chris is Compass Realty. And if you need any Compass Realty assistance, he's there for you. He has, uh, he's omnipresent, I have to say, in social media. He's really good at that stuff. Um, and th there is an organization that's been around for four years. It's called Laguna Beach Heritage and Culture. And he's kind of um, been the moderator and um, a powerful force behind it all. And he is kind of stepping away from it. And it's become a committee within Laguna Beach Pride now. It's going to go on because it is a valuable part of what's going on in the community and if you're wondering what it's all about, it's um, Laguna Beach Heritage and Culture Alliance. It's about working with the community 
to assure that many things in the community are embraced, the diverse, diversity of culture and the his, history of that within the community and uh, in a good light and uh, work with the schools, the police departments, other uh, civic organizations uh, within the community to assure that there is a, I don't know, that there is a acceptance and uh, understanding and love, you know, about that part. <laughs> so it is uh, within, and it will, it meets once a month. So, and there's no membership fees, nothing. Usually, you know, people like the new chief of police showed up and was there and we had a great uh, opportunity to meet him. Sometimes the mayor's been known to, to show up and uh, the chamber of commerce is represented usually and a lot of organizations, which is really nice. Um, and it's just once a month. Many things on the agenda are current and up to date. What's going on? Uh, many things do with schools and uh, what's going on in, in the schools. Um, I don't know. It's uh, it's really heartwarming to to see the what the communications are and what uh, things are done and what is important that there are important things to be done um, in my book. So that's Laguna Beach heritage and culture. You can go to Laguna Beach Pride and look that up and uh, .org. Oh, you know, that is not on the calendar. I got to remind myself. I got to put that on the calendar on Laguna Beach Pride uh, where you can meet with it. It needs to be on the, an upcoming events department. But it is a committee now within Laguna Beach Pride. And, and if you want to know more about it, you can uh, uh, leave your a message there um, on LagunaBeachPride.org. Okie doke. Now, as long as I'm on Laguna Beach Pride, let's talk about a few things that's coming up with it. It's I won't, if you're not terribly interested in it, I won't, won't bore you too much with it, but where's my, uh, I have to get my calendar. Yeah. So, uh, the Patriots Day Parade is coming up a week from today. And uh, if you're not familiar with the Patriots Day Parade, it's put on by the city of Laguna Beach. A lot of communities have Patriots Day Parades, I have found out in my research, all-knowing, all-seeing. <laughs> uh, so it is. Um, it starts um, March 5th. And the gathering place is a parking area across from the high school. And I don't know what, what to call it, but they, the address is 550 Blumont. And that's B-L-U-M-O-N-T. I suppose it's French. Blumont. I probably don't pronounce the T. Saint. Or Street. Um, excuse me. Laguna Beach. So uh, it, it, people start gathering around 930. And uh, usually they, they leave, you know, as in parades usually do, they don't always leave at once. They leave in order and the leaving process takes a while. So uh, they start organizing at 930 and uh, I guess within an hour or so or hour and a half, they're all on the parade route. And it usually wraps, uh, it's about a one mile parade route. And by 130, uh, it's pretty much done. And um, or two in that area, it's, you know, pretty loosey goosey. It's not, uh, there is a reviewing stage. Uh, KXFM is going to participate there, but so is Laguna, Be Laguna Beach with uh, their committee, which is the, the Heritage and Culture Committee, which I was just aforementioning. And um, 
yeah, so that we have probably, I think we have 17 people signed up. And we will be there with uh, sharing uh, Patriots Day Parade and Pride uh, on that uh, march. It's a short march. It's a walking march. We will have some music. We'll have some rainbow flags and uh, some veterans in our group, I believe, and um, all kinds of uh, things to be grateful for and honoring. It's honoring local heroes, residents, and institutions in the United States is what it's uh, there their words are about. So again, it's the parking area across from the high school. It's 550 Blumont Street, Laguna Beach, 92651. And uh, that starts on March 5th. That's a week from today. Remember, I know it seems strange because there's only 28 days this month. It's It's a short month, one of them. One of them short months. So that's coming up next week. Then after that, we have and this, we're trying to make this next one become a annual big deal. It's our spring social and wine tasting and silent auction. And it is at, uh, it's at Bridge Hall Garden. Uh, and um, it's at Bridge Hall here in Laguna Beach. It's at, which is at Saint, on St. Saint Anne's Drive. Uh, it's a wine tasting event with food and entertainment. It lasts for four hours. And it is on April 23rd. It's a big deal. And um, there's uh, sommeliers will be there uh, explaining the vetrials of different vetrials of different wine. Uh, several wineries will be represented. There'll be food and music. And it will be a fabulous setting in the evening uh, on a Saturday. And it runs from 4 to 8. 4 p.m. to 8 p.m. So to uh, join us in that uh, event, which we hope to make it an annual event, much like Taste of Laguna. So except this is tasting wine. (laughs) So we'll call it tasting wine of Laguna. So um, anyway, it's at Bridge Hall, which is um, on Glen Eyre, the corner of Glen Eyre and St. Anne's. Uh, It's um, part of the com uh, the i guess the campus of uh the community church there but it's uh it's a bit separate and it's a community it's a i don't want to say community center uh garden and a patio um area is where it will be held and inside bridge hall as well so that whole complex on the i guess on the east side there in the park there's tons of parking so it's, it's a great location. And then in May 14th, we will have another Sunset Bonfire, which is great. And that's at Aliso Creek, Aliso Beach Park. And that's from 5 to 10, just like the last one. And people are signing up already. And then Laguna Beach Pride will be in on August 4th. We have moved it to August 4th this year. We think feel that that's a very timely uh, uh, spot to have it in. Um, most prides lately are in June and we looked at the calendar over and over again, and, uh, there was a good time for it, but, uh, which is the 18th. So what we're, but all the biggies are in that whole month. So we're going to have a little social on the 18th, just to say we have a pride event on during pride month. Okay. But our big pride, pride, pride party event will be 
on August 4th. And again, if you want to have things develop, which they are, we'll have vendors and, oh, much everything you would expect at a Pride event. Um, you'll see updates on our website. And um, I do write an articles for Stu News, and I'm a little, little behind on that, but um, there will be more articles and news as we as we move forward on that. So that's all the news that we have regarding uh, LGBTQ activities in the community um, uh, as, as we move forward. And we're going to take a short music break. And on the other side of that, I'll get back to on this day in history. And you heard it here first on KXFM 104.7.
I'm here for you. Hey, um, someone's been listening to me, imagine that, on a regular basis. And I, I'm a bit remiss because I usually shout out to all my friends. I want to say a, a hearty welcome and thank you, Arlene Brown, for listening. Arlene is a, is a wonderful person. We used to call her Arlene the something machine. <laughs> Anyway, Arlene, she uh, spent many years as an airline stewardess and um, wrote a book recently, from what I understand, about her experiences. Unfortunately, <laughs> regarding the book, she dealt she dealt with a lot of um, uh, high profile, uh, I guess, passengers, and so the book is a bit uh, explains what's going. We kind of have to read between the lines to know who she might be referring to uh, in these incidents. But if you're good at reading between the lines, it is, it is a good read. So Arlene, I love you. And thank you for all your kind messages. Um, and uh, I, I wish you the best with your book. Uh, I can't think of the name of the title. You'll have to uh, call in or text me uh, or, or, or Facebook me some that information. and We'll get it out there. But um, anyway, I, I, Thank you for being there, and thank you for listening and all your kind messages and thoughts. I, I, I should put that out there. Now, um, you know, uh, as we know, I, I like to be the optimist on my program, and I'm all, but I'm also entitled to my opinion. I've been told that that this this my opinion is not necessarily the opinion of the board of directors or the station in general, but it's my opinion as per se, on my radio show, I guess, kind of like Larry King has his opinions, but they don't necessarily re reflect the, uh, bless his heart, may he rest in peace. Um, anyway, so I, I like my opinion, it's, it's not controversial, particularly on this one, but I, I like to be the optimist in, on many things. And this, one of the news articles that kind of made me think about it, it says LGBTQ Ukrainians will do our best to resist Russia. Um, it says, it goes on. Today I woke up at 5 a.m. because of the massive attack on our cities from Russia. Nobody in Ukraine can still believe it is happening right now. I got dozens of messages and calls from different regions from people who are asking me what to do. And I don't have any answers. It took just a few hours to collect information on different regions and cities and members of our LGBTQI plus communities there. We have branches in 11 regions, including Kramatsky, Zipro, oh Zipro Zia, and Dnipro, which are located in Eastern Ukraine. We started to collect names of those who must be relocated immediately. So why is it so dangerous to be LGBTQI, LGBTQI plus people to stay under the possible occupation? Russia is coming with its traditional values, and it will be hunting us. Those who are dangerous for their evil empire. I heard them, I heard they already have lists of activists and will be persecuted first. And I am sure that the LGBTQI activists are on those lists. We already had a similar situation in 2014 when Russia occupied our territories and many people were forced to leave their homes. Many of them were LGBTQI people who told us they were hunting them and some were killed or just disappeared. 
So that's what's what's going on. But I am, I am, I am, I, I, I want to be hopeful and offer an opinion. Perhaps maybe, maybe this will be different. Maybe there will be a better outcome. And I, I, I am of the Vietnam Vietnam era. Um, my older brother was drafted. I fortunately was uh, 4F um, for medical reasons. <clears throat> and I was very pleased about that. Not about the medical reasons, but <laughs> you get it. And because uh, it was a horrible war. But I think the difference between that war and the multitudes of war before that is that for the first time, it was in our living rooms. It was there in front of us. While we read about historically the horrors of war, we could now see them. And although not immediately, we could experience them on a much more personal level. Move along to a couple other wars. So I think for that reason, it became a very, very unpopular war. And many things were exposed in the process about the economy of war uh, that went along with it. And I think even Eisenhower reflected on the dangers of a military uh, machine that, uh, you know, was too much a part of our economy. And uh, we need to be cautious of that. So now, now we move forward and it's 2022. And just in the last 10 years, 15 years, there's just a exponentially growing awareness of what goes on around the world. As one author said, the world is flat. We can see all around the world instantly. We, uh, and we, it no longer are there. Um, something would happen and it would get published in a newspaper two or three days later. The newspaper wouldn't make it around the world for another week or so. By then it was old news. What could you do about it? Now we have a much faster call to action. And in fact, when the president of uh, Ukraine makes a statement as he did this morning, it's heard around the world. And I think that transparency, that uh, communication, and that um, closeness, I guess, to what's going on is much different in our culture than what we've experienced uh, prior to that. And my hope, my optimism, is that with this glaring information in front of everyone, that there is a swell, a groundswell of opinion and support for good and honorable things that change the course of history. Um, and that perhaps um, enough people and enough voices um, change, change that course quickly instead of um, an ongoing long ordeal that we just finally ended in Afghanistan. Um, but that's my hope. And I hope that, uh, you know, there's protests in Russia, their own people. I hope they don't get put down quickly. I hope there's enough people behind it that, that even their own country says, you know, this doesn't seem to be the right thing to do. And maybe, uh, maybe the world opinion will, um, cause, uh, there to be some changes. And I don't know, that's my hope. So, uh, 
because it is just very disturbing what's going on. Um, if you want, if, if you're like me and <laughs> you're not really clear on the history of what uh, um, Ukraine, Ukraine's history and all of the, the Soviet Union history, Jane Pauley, whom I, I, I regard, I think she's fairly well balanced and she's been around a long time had a recent interview, I guess, two days ago on YouTube uh, with a person who is very knowledgeable about what's going on over there. And I think she asked all the questions I wanted to know about what's happening, why, uh, what might be the outcome, and what should we be concerned about our families, and and what can we do? So if you have a chance and you want to I feel a clear... Um, you know, garner a clear understanding. I feel, uh, I feel, I felt it was a fairly, a very good, clear representation of what's going on there. And it's only about a, a twenty, maybe thirty-minute interview. And again, I feel that she asks uh, most of the questions that anyone would want to, who would has, you know, just a, um, I wouldn't say a, a, they have a rudimentary understanding of what's going on there, and they don't really understand. It all of it, which I have to admit, I don't, I, I, I don't think what's going on is, is right, but I don't know all the details. So it sum, summarizes uh, pretty well what's going on. And that's a good, that's a good resource. But anyway, my hope is that with, uh, while we criticize social media for propagating a lot of false news and a lot of uh, unfounded opinions and creating a false narrative on so many things that are so damaging and hurtful, it also can be a clear voice uh, to stand up for things that uh, when there is a uh, preponderance of uh, evidence and a preponderance of uh, support for an issue, it can change things and it can make improvements. So that's my, that's my optimism and my hope for today on this Saturday uh, in February, February 26th. 2022 and on rainbow radio so we will we will cheer up on that one and hope that um the more people uh, voice their opinions and the more people share their thoughts and the more uh visible uh is what's going on there um like i mean if think if you were in downtown newport beach and a tank came across the street and drove over the top of a some guy driving his car down the street and crushed it and then drove on. That's what happened yesterday in, in Kiev. They want to don't call it Kiev anywhere. They want to call it Kiev. The guy lived remarkably, but the car was crushed flatter than a pancake and the tank just went on. And that's what's going on. Um, that's scary. But, um, oh, let's get, let's, let's cheer up a little bit here anyway. So, Let's let's move on to this day in history and have some fun on history instead of reflecting uh, on uh, what's going on. And let's hope that uh, if you can share good things going on and, and opinions and suggest, uh, um, I don't know, make it uh, <laughs> make your voice be heard with how you you uh, disagree with what's going on there. That's a good thing in my book, anyway. You know, but I digress. Anyway, anyway, so let's go on February 26th. And uh, on this day in history, 
let's see if we have some fun stuff here for change. In 1990, refusing to be uh, to consider the cases of Ben Shalom versus Stone and Woodard, the U.S. versus the U.S. and the U.S. Supreme Court effectively upholds the right of the American military to discharge gays and lesbians of the armed forces. Isn't that lovely? Well, that wasn't a good news <laughs> right off the top. Wow. <laughs> and sometimes I go through on this day in history and put little pluses and negatives on them and just see how many are pluses and negatives and some, you know, passes. But anyway, moving on to February 27th on this day in history, 1989, the U.S. Oh, Russia reports the uh, case of 29 infants um, and six mothers who all contracted AIDS in the same hospital through a single unsterile syringe that was used over and over again. Wow. That doesn't sound good. On February 28th in LGBTQ history in 1971, the New York Times publishes a front page story with the headline, More Homosexuals Added to become, oh, aided to become heterosexual. Oh, my God. Uh, so there's another article in here on, on conversion therapy. Um, the United Nations is now um, working hard to eliminate it on a global level, which is a good thing. We are who we are. We are who we were made to be, and uh, I'm unanimous in that. In March... Moving along to March 1st, I guess there's nothing on the 29th. <laughs> it's a short day in history, the 29th. March 1st, 1977, Blue Boy Forum, which bills itself as the as the U.S. first gay-oriented TV show, debuts in New York on New York Cable. Um, I guess it didn't last so long, 1977. Hmm. In, in 2012, Maryland passes legislation to legalize gay marriage, 2020, 2012, huh? becoming the eighth state to do so. And on March 2nd in LGBTQ history, in 1976, Mayor George Sullivan of Anchorage, Alaska, vetoes a municipal civil rights ordinance that would have extended protections in housing and employment to the LGBT people, proclaiming that the people of Anchorage should not be forced to associate with sexual deviates. <sighs> Another negative. <laughs> well, okay, moving along. 1982, Wisconsin becomes the first U.S. state to outlaw discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation. Good on Wisconsin. In 1985, the FDA licenses the first HIV blood test. In 2002, Jason West, mayor of New Paltz, New York, was charged with 19 criminal counts of solemnizing marriages without licenses. West had solemnized a number of same-sex marriages in his town. Oh, my. Well, he should have gotten his license. 2011, Wyoming Senate votes down House Bill 74, which would have banned recognition of same-sex marriages performed out of state. Oh, good on you, Wyoming. Matthew Shepard was beaten and left for... Uh, uh, moving along to March 3 on this day in history, 2010, Congress approves a law signed in December 2009 that legalizes same-sex marriage in Washington, D.C. 
District of Columbia, not a state, a district. Should be a state. So they say. Moving along. And on the last day in this day in history, March 4th. Uh, Nineteen seventy-one. That's a few years ago. Village Voice columnist Jill Johnston comes out in her article. Lois Lane is a lesbian, sparking a controversial, a controversy between feminism and lesbianism that results in various Johnston antics, including stimulating an orgy during a panel discussion moderated by Norman Mailer. Oh, simulating, not stimulating. Well, that would be better. <laughs> oh, my. I got to read these more accurately. In 1972, the California DMV reports that while the majority of 65,000 vanity plates, license plates, have presented no censorship issues for the department, a few plates, including Homo, Gay Lib, Eat Me, and Love 69, have been banned. No. In 1973, two weeks after the National Organization for Women passes a resolution establishing the uh, fight for lesbian rights as a top priority, feminist Betty Friedman publicly accuses man-hating lesbians of trying to take over the organization. Oh, 73. Well, I hope they sorted that out by now. In 1981, a 21-year-old Kansas truck driver, David Groves, is found guilty of murder in the June 1980 shooting death of a gay man. Groves had told the police it was an honor to kill a homosexual. Isn't that a lovely way to end on this day in history? I'm going to have to go gargle or something. I got to get onto some happier news, please. Someone, someone call or cheer me up with something. <laughs> yes, uh, yes, please. So, um, there, I did, I do have some good. Let me share some, some good news. Yeah, I, th this is, um, this is from the United Nations. Uh, one unhuman rights experts fights to eliminate conversion therapies in the United Nations. Uh, one UN human rights expert. Some 69 states around the world currently criminalize homosexual relations between consenting adults. This means that in just one area of human rights violations, 2 billion people are being discriminated. Imagine that. We live in our little bubble here. Bubble. Bubble in the beach. Uh, so they're discriminated on a daily basis, a third of the world's population. Imagine that. The criminalization has me uh, measurable consequences in terms of public health and access to education, says Victor Madrigal Boroltz, the UN's independent human rights expert on protection against violence and discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. Wow, that's a mouthful. Created by the Human Rights Council in 2016 by a majority of states concerned about the victims of violence and discrimination based on their sexual orientation and gender identity, the expert's mandate has been entrusted since 2017 when Mr. Madrigal Borolitz, a Costa Rican-born lawyer and teacher at Harvard Law School. In an interview with the United Nations office in Geneva, Mr. Madrigal Borolitz said he advocates for a 
world free of the criminalization of gender orientation and gender identity, including, including the elimination of conversion therapies. For example, Mr. Madrigal says that the criminalization results in young LGBT people dropping out of school three times more than non-LGBT people or trans people getting HIV AIDS 47 times more than gay men and even 76 times more than the general population. The reason for this is gigantic discrepancy, he points out, is that too often trans people who are ill will not seek health services for fear of being ridiculed and will not receive the care they really need. So good on, I just have to mention that Madrigal <laughs> goes back to Tales of the City, Anna Madrigal, but a victor, uh, Madrigal Borlaz, B-O-R-L-O-Z. Someone send him a letter. Tell him, keep up the good work with the United Nations. Uh, I think that's that's good news. That's good news, right? That's good news. We're happy about good news. <laughs> so, uh, yes, yes. Well, we'll take a short music break here and cleanse our palate and come back on the other side, hopefully, with a with a happier news to share for everyone. Hang in there, everyone. <laughs>
That was Julia Fordham and uh, Happy Ever After. So I hope we've cleansed our palate and we're <laughs> we're happy ever after. I have some uh, happy news here. I, I found some good, and I looked at this and I, I always um, I always uh, get emotional when I see parents with their kids and being a good relationship going on, and uh, particularly dads with their kids on their shoulders. So anyway, here's a good story. Dad, Gay dads adopt six siblings so they can grow up together after they spent four years in foster care. How about that? A gay couple from Pennsylvania adopted six siblings who remained in foster care for 1,640 days. So there's 365 days in a year. So that's about five plus years, maybe six years. Steve Anderson McLean and Robert Anderson McLean adopted the kids so as to ensure they don't get split up. The couple adopted Carlos, 14, Guadalupe, 13, Maria, 12, Selena, 10, Nasa, 9, and Max, 7, on May 23rd. Uh, Steve Anderson McLean recalled the moment of adoption in an emotional interview with Good Morning America. The judge asked, do you understand at this point forward that they are, are your children. They are just as much your biological children. Obviously, we knew that, but when, when I looked up and saw those eyes, it was very emotional, said Anderson McLean. We never imagined we'd be lucky enough or blessed enough to have six. Steve and Rob Anderson McLean have been together for over 18 years. The couple initially held a commitment ceremony in 2006 before getting married in Maryland, in 2013, the couple raised two kids, Parker, 25, and Noah, 21, from previous marriage. After their children grew up, they wanted to adopt kids so they weren't, as they weren't done parenting. After doing preliminary research in adoption, Steve Anderson McLean found that siblings were often split, which can be incredibly damaging to them. Such a staggering amount of sibling groups are broken up, and it broke our hearts, said Steve Anderson McLean. As they searched for kids to adopt, they stumbled upon six siblings listed on a website. Steve realized that the kids were neglected and had been subject to abuse and had been in their foster care, the foster care system for nearly five years. See, I was right. <laughs> Steve knew he could transform their lives with love, but he didn't expect them to transform his and Rob's life for the better. We instantly fell in love, said Steve. And I'd say our kids have brought a great kind of craziness into our lives. It's heartwarming and so exciting to see how they connect with us, said Rob Anderson McLean. So good on them. I, isn't that wonderful? I hope these kids, and there's a wonderful picture of them uh, together with uh, their six siblings uh, and they're all smiling. It just warms the heart to look at stuff like that. So see, there is some good heartwarming news out there <laughs> that makes you feel good. And and this, I, another article I found uh, I could get excited about. Percentage of LGBTQ adults in the U.S. has doubled over the past decade. Well, they must be recruiting more. I, their recruiting efforts are getting their agenda and their recruiting. I'm joking, folks. <laughs> You don't recruit. You don't. You don't find a blue-eyed person and 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 work on them and turn their eyes brown. 
because that's the same dynamic you'd have to go through to, uh, you don't recruit. Anyway, the article goes on. Uh, the percent of the U.S. adults who identify as something other than heterosexual has doubled over the last 10 years from 3.5% in 2012, that recent history, to 7.1%, according to a Gallup poll released Thursday. I think we can speculate pretty clearly on what's going on there. Gallup found that the increase is due to high LGBTQ self-identification, particularly as bisexual among Generation Z adults who are 18 to 25. Uh, it has more than 12,000 uh, U.S. adults how they identified during a telephone interviews last year. It found that younger U.S. adults are much more likely to identify as LGBTQ than older generations. Boy, that's for sure. And uh, more than one in five or 21% of Generation Z adults identify as LGBTQ, the Gallup poll, 21%. That's probably closer to the real amount. Um, wow. That's almost double the population of millennials who are uh, for, uh, who are 21 to 26 to 41 years old at 10% and nearly five times the proportion of Generation X who are 42 to 57 at 4.2%. Uh, less than 3% of baby boomers are 58 to 76 identify as LGBTQ compared to just 0.08 of traditionals who are 77 and older. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's very interesting. I do think that the younger generation, that when it comes to gay or straight, it's more like, say la vie, does it really matter uh, what you do in your bedroom? You know, <laughs> it's just not, it's just not significant. So the rest of the news, as I went through it all, is all very negative. And you know what? I'm not going to go through it. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say thank you to my friends that are out there listening. And I'm glad that I have friends. I'm glad I'm in this world that is where I am in this world. And I say hello to Joe out there in Payson and uh, Brian up in L.A. and Mario in Studio City and Lynn in the U.K., uh, who am I leaving out? Brian and Todd, my brothers. And um, it's time to think about families. And what's important is you watch the gut-wrenching, heart-wrenching news coming from, um, yeah, coming from around the world. Um, like I said, I, uh, I hope that... Um, the visibility that we have now sheds a bright light on what's going on and uh, love and honesty and good prevails. Um, that's my hope. If I were extremely religious, I would say a prayer, but uh, maybe other people can say prayers. Maybe we can all say prayers in our own way for what's going on in, uh, in the Ukraine. And the president of Ukraine seems young and eager to see the right thing happen, the right things happen. Uh, if you didn't know, he was an entertainer, much like we've had in California entertainers become governors, but um, a well-loved one and um, a well-loved, intelligent, well-loved one uh, that became the president. And uh, so hopefully, hopefully he can... Um, 
he can survive and that uh, the government will prevail. That's that's my hope anyway, with all that other stuff that's going on out there. So KXFM 104.7 Rainbow Radio. Um, again, if you have an idea for my program and uh, a, a guest you'd like to see on the program, uh, we will, uh, I would love to to entertain them here at the station or remotely or with Zoom. Uh, if you'd like to join me on Zoom, uh, just to watch or listen on Zoom, uh, we'd use the same Zoom every week. Uh, and you can uh, go to the website rainbow-radio.com, rainbow-radio.com, and all the information is there. And, uh, or you can text me. Um, at the station or call the station. How about that? A little, when you call the station, a little light blinks here and says, Oh, there's someone calling in. And then I, I, I get befuddled and I answer the phone and get all excited, (laughs) but that's okay. So I'm going to end with a song that, um, I guess is apropos considering what's going on. And, uh, it's by tears for fears. And, they've gotten back in the news lately because they're back together. I guess they had quite a hiatus for a while. And um, personally, one of them had, well, maybe both of them had some issues, but they're back together. It's a great interview with them. But this song seems to be timely and um, and appropriate, perhaps. So... With that, I will say adios here on this beautiful Saturday morning. I'm going to go out and embrace the day and be thankful for my day and where I live and the community in which I live. And thank you for listening, everyone. And I'll be back next Saturday, the Saturday that we have the Patriot's Day Parade. 